Hey guys, this is Nana here. Before we get into today's episode, we just wanted to let you know um, that this episode is actually um, going to be in two parts. The conversation was too good, so we actually have two parts for you. So just a heads up before you dive into it. Um, I think we're going to just transition um, the conversation into just um, talking about some of the trends um, and just some of the different um observations that we've had so I think to know you had a really good one about the fact that like Nigerian Afrobeats music scene is super ubiquitous now that almost um dwarfs some of our local um <laughs> music scenes sometimes um because yeah. I was saying that like I read an article um you know in just researching for this episode where you know one Ghanaian music producer was like Mm-mm-mm. Ghanaian artists blah 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 like y'all will complain about the fact that um Nigerian artists are getting too much airplay um but then we'll also turn around and hire Nigerian um video producers to, to right. produce a video because I think that you know the Afrobeat scene is um at least a Nigerian one is gotten a lot of international exposure so I'm guessing that there's a lot of um you know repute and etc that comes with it where it's like oh if I get the person who shot XYZ's video hey um it's gonna get me a lot more exposure so that's mm-hmm. been very interesting because I mean when we talk about Afrobeats or when we talk about African music, it's like oh yeah, you know Davido, oh you know Whiskey, and you're like okay, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. I was about to say yeah, because <laughs> I, I think like you know that article had a good point that the person on the article who said that like um, on the radio Nigerian artists get a lot of airtime, and I feel like Chinua, you have like a story about that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So even, and just like to talk about real quick, so like I was working in Dakar last year and it's funny because in the grocery stores and the taxis, a lot of times it was Davido that they were playing, they were playing techno, so they were playing all these Nigerian artists mm-hmm. and I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, 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 but also I want to listen to like your own music, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. listen to some other stuff. And, yeah. then, and then it happened at the Kenyan Embassy. Oh yeah, and then so I was working at the Kenyan Embassy, they have this like cultural something where all the embassies in Washington DC, USA, yeah. they open up their embassies to the world, so I was working at the Kenyan Embassy and I kid you not this is their cultural event yeah where they're supposed to showcase like yeah kenya yeah and i kid you not 75 percent to 90 percent of the music that they played was nigerian like why are we shaku shakuing like and they (laughs) like and the thing is like i really it was cool though they had a local artist um and he's kenyan american and so he was there and he performed as well but the dj himself who was there was playing like a lot of nigerian tunes so i mean it like it was cool because i was able to dance but i think for me i would have wished though that there was more kenyan music and they did have some yeah but it was to me, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't right? enough. I mean, for me, that brings to mind every party, even us at home um, playing music. It's always, we will have some Daddy Lumba, we will have some Bisakede and some people, but you will hear loads of, and, and people will request, hey, you haven't played um, Banana Fall on Mew. <laughs> Mr. DJ, when is that coming? <laughs> That's but do you guys feel like... Um, so because Nigerian music gets played so much, do you feel like local artists, like people who are like, so non-Nigerian artists, do you feel like they have to emulate Nigerian artists to get played? I know when I was in the car last year, I do, I did talk to some friends and they said that um, Senegalese artists are actually um, kind of copying the sounds of Afrobeat just so that they can get more international playtime. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing, like they're still like, um, the music is still big in Senegal and maybe even like other parts of the region. But like, for example, if you're singing primarily in Wola, like if you don't, like if you don't speak, it right. might be a bit difficult. Um, but so for me, that's what they said. So for them to kind of get more widespread exposure, mm-hmm. um, they said that, yeah, some of the artists were 
either like collaborating with Nigerian artists or actually just going ahead and like kind of copying those Afrobeat okay. typical sounds. So Afrobeat sounds, or do they, do they have to also sing in French? Because I remember when I was in France, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the songs they played at, like, because I went to like a club where they played a lot of like Afrobeat, but it was actually like francophone Afrobeat. Like I didn't hear mm-hmm. too, too much Nigerian okay. Afrobeat, but mm-hmm. it was still like francophone mm-hmm. in the fact that the person was like singing and rapping in French and not necessarily really like a local dialect from like Ivory Coast or like Senegal or something like that. Mm. Because the thing is like so what I was thinking was what I was speaking about specifically was Mbala. So like that's like mm. one of like the really popular Senegalese types of music. And so it was more speaking of that. So like mm. for that they were just kind of like using the actual true, true true true. But in terms of other stuff like I know there's like French rap and like I feel like quite a few of those artists actually do have origins from West Africa or right. like somewhere in Africa. Mm. So for them like yeah they sing in French and I mean even Senegalese artists, they sing in French as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, at least yeah. from what my Senegalese friends told me, like their reach isn't as far spread as like, for example, Ghanaian or Nigerian music because their sound is just more local right. and yeah. more catered towards Senegalese. Yeah. Right? Right. yeah. I think for us, for instance, it's been interesting because in the last couple of years, we've had people that have had um, more local sounds that are not singing in English or rapping in English um, get very popular. Um, so like I said, like Sakode has been one that has always like championed that kind of lane and always been really good. Recently we've had um somebody like Bisakede who has the song Mansa, Mansa, I'll insert it here. Mansa. which is like always like super popular um you know abroad like here in london it's always like hey you haven't played months that kind of thing so that's Mm -hmm. been that's been one that's been really good to observe but i know that there was also a time where you know everybody was trying to do like the english rap thing or at least have an english verse in there to help them get popular and you know french people do that too though like they'll drop english lyrics in their songs oh yeah that's so yeah yeah francophone artists i mean yeah the one who's so sexy from drc Ooh. Oh, always whining uh falu pupa have oh. you heard about it? and i was like stop it <laughs> and he's also the one who's always singing in langala so like even some mm. people like would make fun of him and be like but can he even speak french and i was like stop don't do that <laughs> he can speak french, though, but they were just like playing around yeah, like, they were yeah. Congolese, there was congolese people who said that they were not nigerian yeah not exactly nigerian. okay so i wonder how that idea of feeling like you have to sound like more afro and at English, like how does that um, play out juxtaposed with what you said earlier mm-hmm. about Davido's um, really successful songs being stuff like Aye and mm-hmm. stuff like that that's like more quote unquote like local or like mm-hmm. you know um, highlights more of like the traditional Nigerian beats. Like I don't know like how they fit together. I feel like it's a pull and take because even going back to what I said about Senegal, like how they focus more on the local sound. To be fair, Yusundor, like you said, I mean, like he's known all over. I mean, like yeah. a lot of Americans know who he is, and he tours here all the time. And there's also a woman, and her he's name is super local, yeah, like, and her name, yeah. yeah, like always in Wolof. But there's also a lady. I think her name is Viviane, um, mm-hmm. and she also is the same. Like she's like I think she's mixed, but she herself is also like a very big Senegalese artist, but she's known worldwide as well. I so see. it's just interesting, and she's very local as well. She sings in French, but also Wolof. So I think it's just like yeah. a pull and take. Just yeah, like, you have to yeah. find like that yeah. right balance between like you know, local beats and sounds yeah. and topics, yeah. but then also, like, still, like, catchy enough that exactly. the rest okay. of the world can, yeah. like, latch onto it. I think that for me, you know, being Ghanaian, just watching somebody like David Dose, um continued like getting so much airplay particularly in recent years it's been um it's been really cool for me to watch because 
this yeah. is somebody that has been very much like I'm singing in Yoruba or I'm singing in all these local dialects. I'm talking about these things that you don't understand, but you're still playing me and you're still, um, you know, listening. And I'm getting like 60, 50 million views um, right. on my music on these worldwide um, channels. So that's been really good. And somebody like yeah. Wizkid, obviously diehard Wizkid fans, please go ahead <laughs> to object and, and disagree with me. But I feel like there was a period where maybe it wasn't even that far that long ago like something like come closer that was very english right with drake mm-hmm. and etc but with this um recent i don't know if there's an album coming or there is an album but all the recent singles he's had Nowo, um kana soko all these things have just yeah. been pure local exercise and i'm mm-hmm. like right. i wonder if you know david success had anything to do with it but um, but in general it's just yeah. been it's been well, good and it makes like something maybe he used like um, English to like get yeah. ahead and on the like global stage and then once he's there he's like back to my roots yeah. <laughs> I mean I think that's an yeah, interesting you know I mean? yeah that's an interesting theory but I know that that particular album he also did like a lot of collabs with westerners like I think Chris mm-hmm. Brown was in a song um what's uh what's the name of that I can see that person's head in my in my <laughs> it's in my um, head. the Nigerian American Wale no, no, not even Wale. It's like, is it? I don't know if it's Ty Dolla Sign. Maybe I don't know. Like he had loads of yeah, loads of songs with them, but those didn't hit that much because I would always see them in my YouTube sidebar and I never played them. So <laughs> yeah, That's funny. Yeah, but then so um, do you, how do you how do you guys feel about the different collaborations that um African artists have had with like particularly um American artists? And so that's like question one okay. and then question two is how do you guys feel about all the different um american artists that have gone to like perform in like various african countries like for example that time that rick ross just like dropped in africa as he said on his tweet one time to go like he just went like um uh, I, I don't know he went to go perform somewhere on the continent i don't remember where but he basically like had a photo like over like as he was landing he was like landing in africa but something to be fair, like that to be fair about rick ross though he definitely um Played on one of P Square's songs like back in the day. I remember, I remember that song. Yeah, he sang that song. Yeah, oh, yeah. That song. Yeah, I didn't yeah. never play that version. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. The song is so beautiful, and I, I love, love that, that song. song. And he went there, and was like, I got my big trucks pulling up everywhere. I'm like. And and see the thing the thing with that song is that I absolutely loved it, but then. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so I just really love that song. But I know that when I play that song at my wedding, it's going to be the non-Rick Ross version. <laughs> is, <laughs> there, is there one without him? I didn't know there was one without him. Yeah, so the original version. version. Oh! Square. Yeah, and then ah. he came and brought his big trucks everywhere yeah. to the track. And then, I don't know where they were, but it was like all... No, okay. No, oh my gosh, Chinima, Chinima, I know, I know exactly what you're gonna say because I it was all my mind. Girl, go there. I will go there with it's you. Not, it's not like I love all colors of melanin, but for yes. me, it was just problematic when you yes. be square. Yes. You're bringing in these light skinned girls, and the thing is, like, yes. I think for me, oh, for the video, yeah, yes. mm. for the video, and I think it's also because like that was just a consistent trend. Like, if you look at their videos, I don't really remember seeing like people who look like me with just chocolate skin who weren't even darker. as dark as him, like yeah, square, yeah. like yeah, he's square aren't even like boys. Exactly. And I don't, I mean, correct, yeah, my memory might be faulty, but I don't even think it was it was light skinned girls, but they they also looked foreign, or maybe that's just me as well. They were- 
cruise. You know, they weren't even like who knows where they were. Who knows where they were? Because <laughs> um, I remember like loving the song and then looking at the video and feeling and be like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but minus that specific instance, how do we feel about collaborations? Um, so, like people from the African continent, like musicians from the African continent, collaborating with specifically Americans. American artist. I can go ahead and start because actually recently, um, Diamond, so he's actually from Tanzania, I believe. He's an East African artist, and he recently collaborated with Omarion. Because Omarion's over there. He was with T.Y. Savage. Omarion is still singing. Stop. <laughs> 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 but he actually went to somewhere in Africa. Lord knows where. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, he went somewhere in Africa, and he actually did drop a song that was like something African-focused. Okay. I think it was problematic. I think there were like animals running around or something. Right. But so I, all that to say. Yeah. It's so funny because I saw this. I don't know if it's on Instagram or somewhere where people were saying that they think it's so interesting how for some American artists, um, I don't know if it's only African-American or white or whatever, that sometimes when the career is a bit like, mm, they're like, oh, let's hop to the motherland and do some collabs. Africa's a prop, especially like full Wakanda craze maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> This trend of African of um, American artists going to I don't know revive or spread their career to the African continent. I kind of feel like it started after um, after the World Cup was in South Africa in 2010. I feel like that's when it really started coming, and now everybody else also wanted like an African sounding song. After hmm. do you know what I mean? Like I feel like that's when I first started noticing people who doing it more often. Who was it that did it like? Well, Shakira did it first because, like, she did. We're not, to, we're not talking not about for, that. Whatever, talking but about she did like the first because like she she got to do like the official South African song. What she did and, with what she did with a group, a South African group, right. was never mentioned. Wow, exactly. It was so, so ridiculous. Anyway, once and the she original, set that precedence, I feel the like the original song that was sampled also was I I I never even knew that it wasn't her song. Like that wasn't no. highlighted either. Like that yeah. thing still makes me so annoyed. Mm-hmm. Even that same year, I believe that. Um, uh, Kanon, who is yeah. uh, yes, he yes. also had a song. He like they Waving redid his black, yeah. black song, right, and I'm just yeah. like, he's an African. Why would you not use yeah. him? Right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting angry. Exactly. But I think like since then, though, we've had a few like problematic um, American artists who have gone to the continent to revive their career or whatever they think they're one. doing. Okay, but I don't think that it's every artist, every American artist who goes back to the continent that's problematic. I think there have been some people who do go back and they do like a really good job of like highlighting like um, local artists or collaborating with them right yeah definitely so um omarion for example i know that when he recently collaborated with tiwa savage for me personally i thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. and even the feedback and the reception that i got that was pretty nice as well in the music video tiwa is there i think she's in the u.s they're both dancing talking um and then also the one that he did with diamond who is from tanzania so east africa that one i thought was pretty cool i think it's called africa beauty and in that one he's Singing in Swahili oh, for like a good like ten seconds, nice. and like you looking at the comments, sing. some people were like, "He's singing our language." Aww. He like he like like the way that they were talking about it. So I was just like, "Okay, so then, uh, number one, yeah. he must have um he must his um he put effort his accent that. must have been good, okay. but then also just like the love that he was getting. So I for me, I was just like, "Yes, that's Omarion, how you do a collaboration. You can get it any day. Not with me, yeah. Because so you know, but that's how you do a collaboration. Yeah. And I just think a lot of people who try to um who try to collaborate with like uh, artists across the African continent, mm-hmm. they just need to be like very, very conscious of it and mm-hmm. like be intentional about the mm-hmm. way they do it and Definitely. not just like, 
put animals in their shot and exactly, like get a yeah. local drummer yeah. and make it to sound make it sound more African and then be like, oh, yeah. I did an African song. Of course, so. of course. Um, just as you were talking to me, what what that reminded me of is that actually. Um, Ed Sheeran's most recent album, he did a lot of the composition and whatnot. <laughs> I know he did it in Ghana. So for me, I heard about that before mm-hmm. it even happened. Like one of these music sites or whatever was like, "Oh, Ed Sheeran is going to Ghana for his inspiration." I was like, "Eh, leave us out of this." But um, but, one thing that I did have to give him credit for because what I thought he was going to do was probably jump onto some sounds and just say like. Right. I've just pioneered this whole sound. Y'all look at me. But I think he did. I discovered the sound. I discovered the sound. Discovered. Boy, bye. But I think he did a really good job in that he directly collaborated with local artists. He gave them Mm -hmm. credit. You can see them in the videos. They're there. And he also did a good job with Speaking Tree, actually. Which I And he didn't have to do that. Was it BBIO or like was it Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, um, you know, Ghanaians loved and they thought, oh my gosh. And he took time to learn the language, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't personally impressed, but I have to give props where props are due. For trying, yeah. And then another um, artist that did Another group that did it recently too was Sumford and Sons. Mumford, Mumford, Mumford and Sons. Guys, I'm so not hip. <laughs> Mumford and Sons, but they did something with um, a Senegalese artist, right? Shinamas <laughs> <laughs> not with it. My brother really likes that song. Um, I don't. I haven't heard. It. I don't know. I can't speak on it. Okay, no problem. <laughs> we'll move on from there. We'll move on quickly um, so from there. I think that it's really cool that we're doing all like that. Um, a lot of various artists are getting this international recognition, whether it's through changing their sound a little bit to um, appeal to a wider audience or by doing collaborations. Um, you meant, but how do we... You meant wider, of- not whiter, right? You meant wider. Yeah, I meant wider. I, I said I, wider, I guys. I I heard wider. Right? I was like, wider like, audience. D. With a D. With a D. My accent's coming out, but it's for a wider audience. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad they're reaching larger, okay, larger audiences, a synonym. <laughs> um, but how do we, as Afropolitans in the diaspora, how do we primarily consume these songs? Um, and then also, how do we ensure that we are um, supporting these artists that we, like, um, Yeah, I think this has been a very um, interesting discussion point, but I do think that... Um, we can also see instances of where um, local um, trends and local music genres even have been born from, you know, us um, as having people on the continent, like either in Europe or etc. And then they kind of carving out their own little niche and then coming back and they, um, influencing that. Um, Cinema, I feel like you have a better insight on this topic a bit. Um, yeah, because I know like when I was in university, um, I definitely got a little bit into Coupe de Calais. And for me, it was really interesting. I know that, like, one of the pioneers, and he was actually one of the first people I ever listened to, was DJ Arafat. And from my understanding, like, Coupe de Calais, like, it started out in the early 2000s. And then for him, he had actually been based in France. So it was kind of something that um, he brought, or at least, like, it was in France. And then it was also, it became very, very popular. Um, and it spread not only in Cote d'Ivoire, where he's from, but also across the continent. Right. And then, I mean, it's still very popular in France today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really interesting. I know for me, um, another, like, I think, to be fair, like, the first song, Coupe de Calais song I ever heard mm-hmm. was Bobanaba. So I don't know if you heard, Ooh. if you've ever heard of it, but it actually means big butt. Mm-hmm. 
It literally is just like men and women just like dancing and like their butts are out in the air. Um, so for me, I was like, what is this? What is going on? Um, but definitely in Coupe de Calais, like that world, Baby Philippe, like you'll hear the artists like shouting him out. Um, and it's really interesting because um, the kind of like the reason why it even started, from my understanding, um, was just kind of like to take back ownership and just like the culture. Mm. Um, so for example... Um, a lot of the central themes, like when it first started out, one of them was, it's called Ferro, Ferro. Um, yeah. So in French, it's like Ferro Malin. But if you want to like translate it into English, it's kind of like to be witty and street smart. So even just like the words coupé and décalé, coupé is like to cut and décalé is kind of to kind of like shift around. So oh. kind of like even being subversive in a sense. Yeah. So like oh. taking something on face value, but you're actually maybe yeah. saying something different. Yeah. Um, so, oh, cool. yeah, you also see, like, lots of different things. Like, people are kind of... It's something you see all over the continent. I feel like people are kind of, like, boasting and, like, showing off. So that's also something that you kind of see in the music. And then also um, kind of, like, chopping money or, like, spraying money. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, definitely just different artists over the years. I know for me, a big one, and I think I already spoke about him before, um, was Serge Benoit. Um, So for him, I think his song, Coupe de Calais, um, his song, that specific one, it actually was talking a lot about football as well. And that's something that at least like in the early 2000s, you saw people kind of like tying it to football and especially like the craze on the continent, how we love our players, how we love the sport and how yeah. it kind of is a form, not, not necessarily, I don't want to say to desensitize, but a lot of times when um, there are these coups or like a lot of crazy things going on politically or even just in terms of socially, um, music a lot of times is used as a form um yeah. not only entertainment yeah. but also to kind of like help people not necessarily Cope. focus exactly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah a coping mechanism a yeah. coping mechanism yeah. Yeah. um yeah that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah. it kind of goes back to what we were saying um in part one where we talked about the um you know like the 70s and like high life in yeah. ghana and everything how people yeah. use music mm-hmm. to yeah. either resist the government or like um you know, just do their own thing and talk mm-hmm. and like empower themselves exactly. despite what is going on around them. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. And I think also to kind of like transition also, it's really interesting how Coupe de Calais, um, we talked about before how like there are different influences, like how on the Anglophone side, um, like a lot of times, like all these Francophone artists are always like, oh, we're incorporating English, this and that. But also I know Peace Square, there have been other Nigerian artists who mm-hmm. themselves have definitely had like that little Coupe de Calais influence, like mm. thinking just about like P Square testimony. Yeah. Um, like they like we'll, we'll talk about like yeah, because yeah. even yeah. in testimony though, there's a part of yeah. the like the music itself, like it's clearly like uh like a string, like I'm a a, like string. harmony yeah. or like yeah. Yeah. a string of yeah. notes yeah. that like sounded very like Kofi Olumide. Yeah, you know what I mean, and he, like he, there literally was like a line I can't remember right now, but like he was like haha. DJ, but he said something in French. Yeah. So like definitely, yeah. like you see how like it goes back and forth. How like we kind yeah, of take, um, take whether right. it's the sound, whether it's the language, whether it's the beats. Um, yeah, love it. Yeah. Um. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. And so I just think. Um. So it's really great that we have like all these collaborations and all these awesome artists that we really like. But as modern, um, you know, Afropolitan women. One, how do we consume this music? Like, what channels do we use and things like that? But then also, how do we ensure that we are supporting these artists that we like? Yeah, I think that's a very interesting <laughs> point. And I feel like, you know, technology has played um, 
an interesting role or has played like has been like a double-edged sword because on the one hand we have youtube we have instagram we have itunes whatever and so davido comes out with a hit or davido comes out with a song we're seeing it now whether we're in brazil right. whether we're here whether we're in um Accra, Kumase, you know, so that's, <laughs> exactly. that, that's part of why, you know, the, the music has been able to have such a big exposure, but that right. also has meant that it's very easy for me to just go and take that link from YouTube and convert it to MP3 and put it on my um, phone. Um, right. And so that's an interesting one to observe because it's like, fine, now there are more monetization opportunities, right? Like if you put it on YouTube, you're able to garner a lot of views, you get something from it if nothing at all, but at the same time, how many of us are actually going out and purchasing these songs? I know that I don't necessarily. I'll yeah, listen yeah. to it on YouTube. Like, my mom will get somebody um, to just, like, burn her a CD. And, I mean, she's not doing it like, yes, I'm trying to steal money from these people. But right. it's very much a... This no is, one does it on purpose, yeah, like, right, consciously. Right. But, yeah, but it's piracy like, is a big... Exactly. It's always like, that's just how we've always consumed it. And perhaps the issue is that we haven't had appropriate platforms um, really evolve that can service our industry uniquely. Because if you yeah. if you give an example of like Spotify or whatever, yeah, Whiskit is on there, Exeter is on there, but somebody on the continent, do they have a Spotify subscription? What, what credit card are they paying for that with? So we, so it, so in, in some cases, like that infrastructure hasn't necessarily supported with- that yeah. yeah so it, it's it's a very like like obviously yes where, where appropriate and wherever possible let's support let's buy the music legitimately exactly. but i think it's there needs to be a better what avenues do we have in place to do that exactly. especially since the music is so accessible for me like for example the um beyonce song beyonce jay-z album that dropped recently or whatever like i yes. first heard about it on twitter recently you know I mean? like so I, yesterday like, <laughs> um so anyway so for me um the beyonce and jay-z song that or album rather that dropped recently i heard about it first on twitter so same thing with like other nigerian artists like whenever they drop music um and stuff like that like i'll usually hear about it first on twitter or like um instagram or whatever or see it on youtube as i'm listening to a channel and i'm like oh that's a new song in my suggested list you know stuff like that so typically for me especially like when i'm in the house a lot of times when i'm listening to music it's like when i'm cleaning or doing stuff around the house and so like i have wi-fi in my house and so i'm just playing youtube you know what i mean so there's hasn't been that often of a need for me to like go out and like buy a specific song and put it on my phone because I'm usually listening to the song like at home or like at, a, at the gym where I have again wi-fi mm-hmm. right um that said though the one thing the one time I did support was I did go to a p-square concert when I was in Senegal so that was really cool even though they started like three hours late or whatever yeah wow. <laughs> um but so so I think that's yeah. another monetization avenue is concerts and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But I know that might not be as accessible for smaller artists. So it does make yeah. it seem like how yeah. do smaller artists get, yeah. you know, monetize their music. Yeah, I think. Um... And then on my side, I actually just to jump off of the concert theme, even though it even though it might seem like, oh, concerts, but like how feasible is that? I think also we have to remember that sometimes some of these artists, they actually do start out playing and like maybe like bars or like smaller venues so like they might just like be opening you know what i mean so like they might not even already have like a set label but like this is actually how they get their income like they're paid a specific amount just from performing so maybe if we like kind of have more of that culture like i know from my understanding from what i've seen like in Lagos, for example like there are different parts where they actually do have like that really high artist scene Mm. so like there are people who will go to these open events but i mean like i think it's like maybe if we can kind of like 
on a wider scale kind of trying to all the state. Yeah, exactly. Just like exactly just like supporting our musicians. So not not only like the Davidos or like the Technos or the Olami Days, but like even the smaller ones because a lot of people are coming out with good Exactly. Music. Right. Exactly. And I feel like we're pretty good about doing that even here in the DC area. I feel like you and your sister, you guys will go to like um a a like evening with a local artist sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you guys like. Yeah, definitely. And definitely um in terms of just like the African musicians who are based here in the diaspora. So for example, Joy EK, like she's someone that I love, 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 super talented. Even though her music doesn't really have that much of like an African sound, it's more just like jazz, soulful, kind of like Fez Izakula, who I mentioned before. Um yeah, she's someone that I definitely support have been supporting over the years. Um yeah, so I think also buying music, I know I don't buy as much as I should. Right. Kind of like you ladies have mentioned, but I have like people that I really, really love and I know who they're starting out, like, I will make it a point to buy their music, like, on iTunes. Mm -hmm. I know that they're going to get the money directly. Um, Yeah, so I think that, obviously, um, you know, there is a need for um, different platforms, but I think that um, the enabling, you know, the enabling change essentially also I think that needs to happen is also just with piracy and um intellectual property rights and laws the fact that that needs to be you know because I know that there there are some in place but I think that needs to be more fleshed out that needs to be modernized um to 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 reflect the state of the industry um and then that actually also needs to be enforceable to set precedents so that people know that hey you know there there's an incentive for me to be creative and to work hard because this thing that I create is mine is going to be protected and um piracy can also start to you know have some sort of consequence attached to it so that you know more viable um means of music can really evolve exactly um and so i think in addition to the laws though um so uh, there's like other ways we can ensure that like piracy becomes less the custom um because i think that like so it's one thing to like you know go on youtube and like change the link to an mp3 file and then use it for your own personal use but i know just like you know in nigeria and stuff like that at least you know you can walk down the street and there's people like selling other people's music that for me is like the part where it really gets like shaky where it's like now you're like profiting off someone else's music and that person doesn't get the rights and so i really liked um what lupita did after queen of catway came out and she like you know went on her social media and told people like guys like piracy is not cool don't go into the thing like you guys should like actually go support the um, movie by buying the ticket and going to the movie theaters. And then when you get there, don't go be filming uh, the <laughs> film and then going out and selling it. Cause like yeah. that, that industry is so big in Nigeria and we yeah. just really need to yeah. crack down on it so that um, we can get more local artists out there. We don't need to crack down on it when you're trying to sell like um, American songs or whatever, but we need to crack down Girl, <laughs> stop <songs>. that. <laughs> just joking. I'm just joking. But I mean, people have to eat. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then also um, going back to like ways that we can actually support, I definitely would go ahead and say that social media is a really good one. So whether it's just like your social media platforms, I know even for me, I just listened to um, Adekunle Gold's newest album, mm-hmm. um, and I was just like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> these are my favorite songs. So one of them is um, uh, Dang Delilah, I don't cuss, but like Deep Delilah. Mm. Um, but yeah, just like going out, um, tweeting, Instagram, yeah. um, and then also if you have like a blog, um, and then also just like having an event, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then like just telling your friends about, hey, this is what song I'm listening to, and letting yeah. them know about the other artists, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and then in that line, um, I just wanted to go ahead and drop some artists Yay. and songs that are pretty big. Shinema's right gonna make you all hit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. 
So one of the songs, it's not like new new, but it did come out earlier this year by Burnaboy. Um, so he's from Nigeria, and it's actually it's actually called Ye, so Y E. And I know that recently it became a bit more popular because the one who will not be mentioned, who recently re- released an album called Ye with the same name. Mm-hmm. So it actually had some people confused, and they were like, "Oh wow, like what is this?" So instead of um um his Kanye West, whatever I'll say his name, his <laughs> album coming up and said it was like this song by Burna Boy. Nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, another one from Nigeria. I saw, that. Is, I saw that. And people were like, oh my gosh, this guy's actually so good. I saw a I, memes about that. Yeah, happy yeah no, that song is like really, really good. Um, and then another one is um, by Tenny. So she actually, um, her sister, she's also Nigerian. Her sister is Niniola. So um, she actually just became big. She like did like this little um, freestyle that made her big the end of last year. So the new song that she just released is called, um, it's like really Afrobeats, really fun and danceable. It's called Askamaya. Um, the next one is actually from Ghana. A um, The guy's name is Kwame Eugene, and he recently had a song called Angela that was really, really popular. And I think since then, he's also released at least one other hit. So he's obviously doing something right. Um, and then lastly, um, I wanted to just highlight two artists from Ivory Coast. Um, so two Coupe de Calais artists. One is Shadow Chris, um, and the other one is Keith No Beats, and they're really, really popular, and they happen for um, a little bit of time. So definitely check them out, and then let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely. And so that kind of concludes this two-part episode. Um, we really appreciate you guys, you know, listening to us and walking down memory lane with us from part one, like in our um, talking about like you know, the history of music in Ghana and then like our personal histories with music. Um, and so we just, you know, really like sharing that with you all. And so just let, definitely let us know who your favorite artists are, favorite songs, your thoughts on how you support artists and any other topic that we talked about in part one and then part two. And Chiname, we just want to say thank you so much for stopping yes. by. Um, definitely, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. we we'll definitely been, have her again, you guys. Yeah, and yeah, it's been such a pleasure. Please. If y'all want to follow me in the meantime, um, my Twitter and Instagram handles are at Chi Story. So C-H-I um, S-T-O-R-Y underscore. Mm-hmm. At Chi Story underscore. And then also on my blog yes. Traveling1L with Chi.com. Yeah. And she has like really beautiful photos, post yes. really thought-provoking things. So you guys definitely should follow her. Oh, yeah, of course. And then make sure you're following us on all our handles, um, Afropolitan Central, across the board. And we just love bringing you guys this content. Let us know what topics you want us to cover. Yes. Um, yeah, and thank you. 